Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome back, you guys. Great to have you here on Demand Gen Radio and Demand Gen TV, if that's where you are tuning in. Uh, I'm really excited for today's guest. Uh, Norman Bell is an author on the topic of storytelling. And some of you who are tracking me on LinkedIn, and I hope if you haven't already connected with me or followed me on LinkedIn, you take a moment to do so. Uh, about two weeks ago, at the time of this recording, I did a post on LinkedIn. And in this post, I talk you know, advice to college-bound students seeking a degree in marketing on the important skills that you really need to learn, things that you won't necessarily uh, learn in the classroom. Although this piece of advice, as you can see right there, was to take a drama class and learn the art of storytelling. It's an incredible, incredibly important skill for all of us, whether you're in marketing uh, or not, uh, and, and maybe not so ironic, but today's episode is about that art of storytelling. And I'm really glad to be joined by Norman Bell, who is an expert in this field, expert in the topic, and has written a book that we'll come back to. So Norman, great to have you on the program. Good to see you. How are you? I'm doing great. Yep. I'm excited to be here. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Just came back from a, a nice little extended July 4th uh, vacation and was looking forward to the podcast when I went to sleep last night. Uh, there's always certain things on the agenda of every day that you, know, you look forward to. And I love this topic, as you know, and and felt that the post, which uh, got incredible traction, I think last count there was over sixty thousand views of the post, and the most shared uh, most shared post I've ever written, and people really resonated with the advice. Number two was the importance of storytelling. So, uh, in your in your viewpoint, um, someone who's written a book on it, someone who's who's passionate about the topic. Uh, why, why is the art of storytelling so important, not just for, for people in marketing, but, but uh, people in general? Yeah, yeah. Thank, well, thanks, um, thanks again for inviting me on the show. And um, yeah, I mean, I, so my book, The Story-Powered Speaker, um, in doing research for that and for some of the workshops that I've previously done, I um, have started to understand, because storytelling is something that I've done in my own life in a variety of different ways. Uh, whether, you know, I've, I've been a journalist in the past, I have uh, been a theater and film actor. Uh, so, so storytelling is a deep part of, of who I am and my background, but did I truly understand why it was so powerful and why it continues to be this um, very desired skill to develop in the business world? Storytelling is one of the most important um forms of communication is one of the oldest forms of communication. It dates back over uh, 40,000 years. There are some cave paintings that are considered a form of storytelling uh, that date back that far. And uh, it also is uh, one of the one of the only ways to really access uh, people's emotions. So facts, figures, data are actually processed by the prefront, prefrontal cortex, which is a comparatively newer part of the brain right. uh, that processes logical information. But uh, to access the limbic brain, which is the emotional center of the brain, it's where the amygdala is located. 
um, that uh, storytelling is one of the, the few ways to get back there. And uh, you're going to want to get back there because that's where decision-making takes place. Interesting uh, experience for myself. I got really into neuromarketing, which, which yeah. talks um, quite a bit about where, you know, information is processed and where the emotional side, logic side, just like you shared. So one time I was trying to see how my SEO game was for David Lewis and I searched David Lewis marketing. And, uh, at that time it was Dr. David Lewis that showed up and he was considered according to, uh, this article or, and maybe even been Wikipedia, the father of neuromarketing. And so I dive deep Norman into the topic. And this was a long time ago. And fascinated. And I would encourage anyone uh, that really, really wants to get, you know, into deep, deep understanding how storytelling affects people, as you're saying, uh, to to dive deeper into the neuromarketing. Do you cover that in the book? Talk a little bit about that. I do touch on it a bit. Um, you know, there uh, there's other studies that I've read that that are, are not in the book, but I've I've touched on the why of storytelling at the beginning of the book. Yeah. Nice. I, I can't say that I, I think if you grow up in marketing and sales, you, you learn to tell stories because you give a lot of presentations, but it really wasn't until I took a much more structured approach to understanding the art of storytelling that I knew how to approach a presentation and really engage an audience. And as I, you know, throughout my career started doing more stage presentations, uh, even some keynotes. I realized that you know I had to take my game to the next level, and that's that's what caused me to to, to study the topic. And why again, great great to have you on on the program. What uh, break it down for us? Tell tell us uh, let's 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 use today as a little bit of workshop and and teaching for people who maybe don't consider themselves good storytellers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to start with this idea of what is a story, because story um, and storytelling now, I think in the business world are almost buzzwords, uh, things that used to be called our PowerPoint deck or, um, you know, our, our company description are now called our story. And, um, you know, the, the fact of the matter is a lot of these things really aren't a story in the traditional sense, right? So, a story is, um, you know, so, something that has a beginning, middle, and end, and uh, and usually a, a lead character, and that that traverses a, a journey uh, to get to a conclusion, whether that's a happy ending or or not. Um, and uh, so, what is a story? But not to make it super complicated either, uh, because I think a lot of people can think that. Well, I'm not a um, Pixar animator. I'm not a best-selling author. I'm, I'm not a storyteller. Mm -hmm. um, I would assert that everyone is a storyteller because uh, storytelling is it. I, I know it because I'm focused on it. Uh, that that I can see it everywhere. You know, we're surrounded by stories. And what um, there's uh, an author that writes about business storytelling named Paul Smith, and I would recommend you check him out in some okay. of his books. Lead with a story. Um, and uh, he has a book about the 10 leadership stories uh, you should tell. Uh, so I definitely recommend checking him out. But he was he was interviewing executives and other people in uh, Fortune 500 companies, and they would tell their story, and then they would get to the end of it, and they would say, "Oh, I didn't realize that was a story. I thought this was just uh, that was just that thing that happened to me that one time." Mm -hmm. And uh, and he realized that you know uh, people don't necessarily identify these thing these uh, events that happen in their lives as stories, right? But um, 
they're still, that's what they are. They're that thing that happened. So I, I encourage people to think about them, kind of demystify what a story is. If you told me, David, about something that happened to you over the weekend, um, you're telling me a story. Now, it may not be a great story if it was like, yeah, we went over um, to a friend's house for a picnic and everything went great. Um, uh, but nevertheless, you're telling me an account of incidents or events. And that's mm -hmm. what a story is, according to Merriam-Webster. Now, it could be a great story. And, and oftentimes, a great story is when there's complications and, and conflicts and things. And so it could be, well, we went over to a friend's house for a picnic. But on the way there, our car stalled out on the freeway. And then you go into a story. And, and that's probably going to be a story that, that pulls people in. When you bring that up, it reminds me of uh, the framework of the hero's journey, and yeah. you and I have talked a little bit about that. Uh, you know, the, I, I would, I would, uh, I would say to people like, name any movie that you really enjoyed, and some people would say, you know, Pretty Woman, or someone might say Wizard of Oz, or someone would say Jaws, you know, or Star Wars, and it, it really didn't matter. It seemed like any of their quote favorite movies or movies that they really enjoyed had that hero's journey framework where, you know, there's some call to action and then there's this challenge, like I'm on the way to my friend's house for a picnic and then something happens. Yeah. You shared with me once that, you know, the the kind of elaborate framework of the hero's journey is is maybe more than someone needs to be effective in, in terms of storytelling. Yeah. Um, what What's your viewpoint on it? Yeah, I tried, and the hero's journey is, I mean, you know, bow down to um, Joseph Campbell and all of his great work about mythology and uh, which influenced, you know, movies like Star Wars and probably, you know, most major Hollywood movies today. Um, but there's 12, I think there's 12 steps in the hero's journey that can be a little overwhelming. Um, in my workshops, I teach three, uh, three is always a magic number. Um, you know, uh, David, what, what are the three parts to a story? If you had to guess, well, the beginning, middle end, I, you know, that's right. <laughs> was yep. that, was that supposed to go? That's it. That's exactly right. Okay. Beginning, not a, not a trick question, beginning, middle and end. Right. Um, in my workshops, I like to call them, uh, the three C's, the context, conflict and conclusion. Ah. And, um, what the, and then if we, let's take star Wars, for example, uh, since Star Wars uh, does kind of uh, run a classic hero's journey, um, context is the beginning of the story where we meet the main, we meet the hero and their existing worlds, mm -hmm. right? Before, you know, this is kind of like before anything's really happened. You know, here's Luke Skywalker. He lives on Tatooine. We know a, a little bit about his yearning to, you know, not be a farm boy anymore and go, um, you know, uh, fight in the with the rebellion, right? Um, then there's... Uh, conflict and conflict is by far the vast majority of any story. And mm -hmm. it, it kind of kicks off with the inciting incident, like whatever it is that really kicks the story off uh, in, in um, it pro properly kicks the story off. And in star Wars um, there's a little bit of debate about it, but essentially it's when he meets R2D2 and C3PO um, they're the ones who kind of bring him into, Hey, we've got a message from princess Leia. Yeah. Uh, there's, we've got a mission uh, here. And so everything, if we again take Star Wars, everything from there all the way to blowing up the Death Star is act two, which is conflict. Um, and then there's conclusion. And conclusion is, um, you know, 
conclusion in Star Wars is the award ceremony, right? That takes up all of about three minutes. <laughs> um, in in our own lives, uh, it, that could be the lesson we learned or that, you know, how we changed. Yeah. And, you know, sort of like as a result of this, right. uh, of uh, going through that experience, this, you know. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it is a good framework. Um, you, you mentioned about the 10 stories every leader should have. I, I highly recommend diving into that. Uh, and I, and I did some of that. I didn't realize the source of where that advice was, but there are a few stories that, you know, when I started my company demand gen, uh, and you know, over the years put together a library of certain stories. One of the stories that we wanted to have was around how our core values were created, uh, yeah. and would, would effectively tell that story. One of the other stories that, that I developed, um, and told, several times was the story about starting the business and why I almost didn't start the business. And the person who, um, I, I, my R2D2, if you will, you know, the, the person who really helped me, uh, get past what was the big conflict, the big hurdle emotionally that I was experiencing starting the business. So it's good. Um, I have a friend, no name mentioned, cause who knows if you watch this and make them all insecure, but he, provides too much detail when he's telling a story. I've not only noticed it, but others have noticed it. It's like, oh God, here comes a so-and-so story again. And right. I'm curious because the details really draw someone in. Yeah. Some of the stories that I share with you, like the story around starting the business, I've got some some details that I always share about that story. Um, but when when are too deep when is when is there too much detail in a story? Yeah, that's a great question because yeah, in general, um I, I took a, a storytelling workshop a couple of years ago with, uh, um, but there's a podcast host named Kevin Allison and he has a, um, a story. I, I, I'm pretty sure he's still doing a, a podcast called risk, which is, you know, kind of people sharing vulnerable stories. And he said that, um, the, uh, the, I wouldn't want to call it a mistake, but the main thing that, uh, he sees beginning storytellers do is they, um, there's two kind of two uh, parts to a story. There's narrative summary mm -hmm. uh, and scenes. And so narrative summary would be sort of this high level when you're talking about, um, oh, I was working at, um, you know, XYZ company for five years as a software engineer. Uh, the company had 300 people in it, right? So we're talking about the company at a high level. Mm -hmm. And then um, scenes are when we, we're down at ground level using sensory language. And so so then one night I'm at XYZ company and I'm, I'm the only one there, it's dark. And I suddenly I see a light come on in the manager's office and I hear some clacking at the keyboard and then I hear a baby cry, you know? And so um, now we're there. And maybe even as I said that you, your mind maybe couldn't help, but start to picture that, yeah, you know? Sure. And, and, and of course there's, you know, people that can do that even better yeah. or more, more vivid scenes. Um, so before we get to your point, which is a good one, uh, just to note that most people are sort of on the other end of the spectrum that they they spend maybe too much time in that high level place okay. and not a, not enough time in um, describing a scene, right? Um, so I, I, I don't know that I have a firm answer for uh, how do you know when you're going into too much detail? One answer could be if you're looking at your audience and their eyes are glazing over and they're starting to check their phones, um, that, that might be too far. In a way, it's kind of like with a movie, you need to know um, 
just how much, uh, uh, you know, to edit the film and, uh, and how much to cut out. Right. And so I guess one thing would be to really think about what are those vivid details that you want to include and, um, and then what's really extraneous, like what, what's not really relevant to the story. Right. Actually, this is a, a Star Wars example. I saw some, uh, some making of Star Wars uh, footage on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene of Luke. <laughs> um, you know, we're normally introduced with, to Luke uh, when R2-D2 and C-3PO meet him. But they had some footage of him with binoculars looking up in the sky at the Star Destroyer uh, when they're having that initial battle. And... Um, yeah. Anyway, they, they could have used that. And then that would have been sort of like, well, who is this guy? Like, why are we even looking at him right now? And that would have taken away from the, you know, the much more natural introduction that we had uh, later. So that's sort of extraneous uh, content. And it was better to leave that on the cutting room floor. Yeah. That is the difference between good movies and great movies it has a lot yeah. to do with the editing, has a lot to do with the music, the scene yeah. that you talked about, you know, at the end of Star <clears throat> Wars. I, th- I think that music was done by John Williams, you know, one of the, yes. one of the legends in um, highly cinematic movies. And that crescendo, the, like the story is just even told that much better when music oh, is, is in there. Um, let's talk about leadership. Uh, yeah. you know, some people do you, you talk about stories that you should know. What are, what are certain leadership stories that are good to have um, from a business perspective? Yeah, I just finished a uh, leadership development workshop with a, um, a healthcare organization, and it was with leaders, uh, you know, from that organization. Sometimes in in different departments. Sometimes they hadn't really communicated with the, each other that much, aside from uh, in workshops like this. And the three stories that we covered over the the times that we met were um, essentially stories of who I am who we are and where we're going. And another way to say that is your personal origin story, um, the story of the company, sort of a culture and value story, who we are and uh, where we're going, sort of a vision story. And uh, those, those were three very powerful stories um, that, that can be used in different ways. Uh, with the origin story, some people in business can push back a little bit on, on that, like, uh, and say like, well, this isn't about me. This is about the customer. And that's true. Like in a, in a brand story where you're kind of really talking about the customer journey, um, the customer is the hero and you're essentially Yoda, right? Uh, this is something that Nancy Duarte, um, talks about in her, her Ted talk. I would Mm -hmm. look that one up as well. Uh, but I would argue, and other people would agree, other experts uh, with more experience than me, uh, would agree that um, we need to know who you are too, and what really motivates you, and what 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 you know. If you say, um, "Well, my passion is X," um, that's great, but those are just words. But if you can say, "You know, my passion is X," and I realized that when I was seven years old. Um, the, the, you know, the first time I walked into a, um, you know, an arcade, you know, and if, you know, if it was video games, for example. And um, yeah, so I, I think that th- those three stories are a great place to start, but there's many, many different types of stories you can tell as well. You talk about in your book about the mango effect. And I, 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 I would love to uh, bring, bring that uh, into our discussion today, because I think it's such a, such a, such a key point in, and learning the techniques of storytelling. I mean, I as I hear you 
we'll come back to that as I as I hear you talk about storytelling. I mean, one of the things that I would love people to take away is how to develop their story. So let let's get to that as well because the story that I share with you, like where our core values came from, and I would tell employees that I really wanted them, as you said in the scene, to visualize how we were coming up with those core values because it helped make the five core values so much more memorable. And I would work yeah. that into every employee uh, onboarding. The the story that I shared about you know starting the business was was really created for two reasons. One, I got uh, you know better at telling that story because. I was teaching a little bit about neuromarketing and wanted people to see those principles used in action. But more importantly, I wanted to develop that story because a lot of people would come to me uh, as a as an entrepreneur and say, "Hey, I want to start my own business. You know, what advice do you have?" And so I would always tell them that story because it's a story about talking yourself out of something and ha- and how to get uh, over that. So, uh, Mango, tell me about Mango. Mango and I and I, I the fruit mango is delicious the melon or whatever but uh, but that's not what I'm talking about here um, I uh, so it, one of my storytelling hats that I've worn is as a uh, solo theater performer I actually did a full length uh, solo show about uh, the subprime mortgage meltdown so that wow. was that was that was pretty challenging yeah uh, playing 10, 10 11 different characters and kind of trying to bring the human side of of that uh, calamity uh, to to light and people s- seem to enjoy that. Um, but this was a shorter piece. This was a um, maybe a 15 minute story that I told about my tempestuous relationship with a um, 18 pound curmudgeon of a cat named Mango. And uh, the story was really a very simple one. It was basically how we hated each other at first. I would come into uh, the uh, the apartment and he would growl at me. I would growl back at him. Uh, and then unexpectedly, after a, a, a period of time, his heart kind of opened up like a tiger lily, as my, my wife uh, would say. And, uh, and one morning I found him on my chest, you know, purring and giving me love and blinks. And in the, in the um, performance, I, you know, kind of act that out and how we get very goofy with our pets. Um, and, um, and so, you know, unexpectedly, we sort of fell in love. And then, um, and then unfortunately Mango got sick and died. And mm. I also cover, you know, how um, that left me feeling heartbroken as, yeah. as anybody who's listening has, who has owned a pet and, and lost their pet as, as many of us do uh, can probably relate to, right? Yeah. So what I found though was, um, I, I mean, it was one of the prime examples I can think of, of the power of, um, of storytelling to connect with people on a really, on an emotional level, mm-hmm. because there were certain people in the audience that night who, um, you know, my story was their story and they would come up to me afterwards, uh, holding up their phone with a picture of their animals, like, oh, here's my dog Coco. He died two years ago. And they would have tears in their eyes. And, um, they, they just really related to my story. And that's what they would say over and over again. I really related to your story. And so, um, you know, whatever the details of your story, you know that you've connected with someone in a meaningful way when they say that, when they say, I've, I've really related to your story. And, and storytelling, I think, has a, uh, one of the unique powers of storytelling is its ability to connect with people on an emotional level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's uh, coming back to the neuromarketing 
what I have learned going going through those studies is certain elements of types of storytelling release certain chemicals in the brain and yep. those chemicals can create uh, a reaction in your audience so you know when I think all of us when you talked about mango dying uh, releases certain drugs in our brain that that create feelings of of trust uh, and when depending on the type of story that you're telling you might want to release those drugs in someone's brain whether it's you know if you're a football coach and you want to really rally up the team before a big game there's stories that you're going to tell that are going to release uh more adrenaline you know uh for that um maybe even some cortisol which is a you know fight or flight drug right if you're sending a team out on the battlefield to 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 win a game you might want more adrenaline you might want more cortisol uh, whereas if you're trying to create trust uh maybe maybe you're a salesperson and you want to create trust between you and a prospect you maybe want to tell other other stories let's let's dive into that though how do you how do you find your story i mean for someone who's maybe tuning into the podcast where we talk about you know methods and technologies for driving growth and here we are talking about storytelling and for me saying you know hey college bound students uh, if you want to be a master marketer number two is learn to be a good storyteller i think some people are like well what what do I need on my virtual bookshelf of stories to be able to, to pull from and tell yeah. to people? Okay. Yeah. I have a couple of things about that. Um, one in my workshops and when I'm working with my clients, uh, we always start. So the three kind of the three-step process I take people through, I, again, I like threes, um, is, uh, uncovering your story crafting your story and fine tuning your story. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that uncovering your story, well, you need to uncover your story. It, 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 it should be the most important phase uh, step because um, without finding the right story, then there's nothing to work with. Um, and I would say that it, it's, there's a, there's a quote, uh, that I have in my book. I I'm forgetting the name of, of the, the person, but he's a film director and he, um, his, his quote is um, that uh, casting is 65% of directing. Wow. And what he means by that is if he can find the right person uh, to play the role, then he's going to have to work so much less uh, so much less hard uh, mm -hmm. to, to get that performance out of them because they're, they're the right person for the role. Yeah. And I would say that finding the right story is the same, is the same thing. Of course we can craft the story. We can, we can apply, uh, you know, storytelling, fine tuning tips to it. But um, the, the, the goal, the story gold is, um, is important to find. And so what, where I like to start is I, I give people, and I, I, I would, hand this over to your, your listeners. If they care to, if they're motivated, you can just do this exercise on your own. Uh, and I call it a turn turning point moments exercise. Okay. So kind of scan over your life and think about, uh, moments where something changed for you. Okay. So it could have been that, uh, something got better for you or something got worse, but, uh, there was something, there's a transition or a transformation that happened. It could have been a big one or it could have been a little one, mm -hmm. but maybe even as I'm saying this right now, there might be something that comes to your mind because for, sure. uh, for some of the people that I work with, um, they're like, oh, I know a turning point moment. All right. You mm -hmm. know? Um, and so what I would recommend you do is write down just a few phrases, um, words or phrases to remind you of what that moment is. You don't have to write the whole story out. Okay. And, um, and what I have people do is, is, uh, you know, write down, let's say three to five of those, maybe five would be a good number. 
Uh, and then, you know, I come from an acting background, a theater background. And so um, then we do tryouts, you know, at, at, or auditions. And in my classes and in, you know, when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with people, um, you know, they have the chance to do that with somebody else, with me or with other people in our, our course, online courses. Um, you know, you could do it with a, um, with a friend, you could do this in the mirror, but basically what I'm always looking for is that story that comes alive, mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes there's the stories we think we need to tell, but they feel kind of burdensome. Um, but then there's other stories, kind of sometimes unexpected ones that when you start talking, uh, when you start telling the story, like you just, your body just comes to life and your eyes light up as you tell it. And for me, that's, that's sort of like, yeah, that story right there. I want to hear more about that one. Um, so that's where I would start is, is looking for story gold and, and paying attention to these stories that, um, that make you come alive when you nice. tell them. I'll tell you how I got there. Cause as, as you, as you put that question out there, I thought of that you know story in my life that was such a big turning point yeah but the the reason i was able to get there so quickly is we did a, a marketing leadership exchange um gosh feels like about four years ago now and brought in a bunch of cmos and marketing operations leaders to san francisco there's about 14 of us in the room and we had a speaker come in kind of take us out of our normal topics and just talk with us and and he went on uh, a hike the Camino de Santiago and mm. he went on that walk and he used that walk as a framework for the workshop. And so he asked us, he said, you know, when everybody goes on this walk, I'll, I'll ask you, uh, Norman, you know, what do you, if you and I were on the Camino de Santiago together and we don't know each other and we run into each other and we're maybe, you know, dragging a, a sipping a glass of wine, what have you, and we just meeting each other for the first time, what's one of the questions that I might ask you on, on that? What do you think is one of the typical questions someone who meets someone else that's on this 500 mile journey? Where are you from? Where are you from? Exactly. Um, so he, he puts that question like, where are you from? Or said another way, you know, where did your journey begin? And then he would ask the next question, typical, you know, work in the group and the group would say, uh, how's it going? Yep. That's another common question. And then where, where are you going to? And he wrote those on the board and that was the framework for this workshop. And so that first question of, you know, where did, uh, where did you start? Mm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he said, you know, one time there was, there was a woman in the room who said, um, the day I was raped oh, wow. and yeah. And how her life changed at that point. So sharing this with me and I, and I thought back, where did my journey begin? You know, here I am running a professional services company specializing in marketing technology services. How did I get there? And I thought back to the day that I went computer shopping with my dad for the very first time that we bought a, you know, a family computer when I was about 14 years old. And so he had us describe that experience to the group. And it was, um, that was the first time I identified that story and told that story. And I, and I later wrote a little bit about it in, in my book, um, because it was such a defining moment for me getting my first personal computer and that, you know, the trajectory that it, that it sent me on. Great, great. It's, it's important for us to have the, those bank of stories, especially as leaders. You know, if we want to inspire a brand new employee into a department and establish, help establish the culture, or if we want to tell a customer about a particular product or service that we have, 
um, telling a story about maybe another client who's used the product or service and what it accomplished uh, for them. But it, I, I've always thought about it that way, Norman, as like, I want to develop this virtual um, bookshelf of stories that I can just grab yeah. depending on what situation I'm in and when I need to tell a story. Yeah, that's one other uh, thing that I and thank you for sharing uh, your, your, your a bit of your story and and about that workshop. Um, well, one thing that I recommend, another thing you could take away, um, uh, listeners of David's podcast, um, is to start a story bank. And this is as simple as a Google Doc or a Word Doc or or a piece of paper even. And it's just. Um, we lose a lot of the stories that happen to us uh, into our, you know, um, memory banks, um, or they don't make it into our memory banks because um, we we don't write them down, right? And so when things are happening all the time, that are they could be little things or big things uh, that are happening in your workday, in your week, uh, in your month, that. Um, if you just jot them down as uh, just, again, just a few words, so it doesn't have to feel burdensome. Like I have to write this whole story out right now, Mm -hmm. but something to remind you of, uh, the, this weird thing that happened to me today, or, or even just this, it could have been an email I got that was like, Oh my God, the way I felt when I got that email, et cetera. So you can be looking for that kind of thing too. It doesn't have to be the story of my life. It could be just story moments that happen, uh, in it over the course of your day, but just be thinking about those things that, that, you know, when you tell that story, you know, it, it, it might, um, conjure up a scene in, in somebody's mind. Nice. Well, let's do this. Um, you also, besides the book, um, which we'll put a link to, you also have a podcast, the hell yeah podcast. And, uh, I've listened to a couple episodes now. How did that come about? Yeah, it's the hell yes life podcast. And, um, that is actually at hellyeslife.com If you want to check it out, um, that's actually connected to my, uh, kind of origin story, which, um, which begins a long time ago in a, a decade, far, far away. Uh, when I was a junior in high school, it was towards the end of my junior year. I ran for a student council position with the slogan, hell yes, vote for norm. And at the end of campaign week, we had to give speeches. And I'll tell the really short version of this story. I, I gave a speech that uh, kind of brought the house down and had everybody on their feet at the end yelling, hell yes. Um, and uh, I ended up winning the election, having a hell yes senior year. Um, and then 25 years later, that those two words are still ringing in my ears, hell yes. And I, I knew I had to do something with them. And so in 2017, I launched the Hell Yes Life podcast with um, the intention to just interview people who are out there living their hell yes lives, a perp- kind of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, authors, speakers, um, you know, people who who are come alive when they're talking about what they're uh, what they're doing in their lives. And I've I've met some amazing people. I um, and some of these people are featured in my book. Uh, there's a four-time Olympian, Ruben Gonzalez who is a, um, he's a loser, uh, a winner, but a loser. Um, <laughs> uh, Kathy O'Dowd, who is, uh, she was the first woman to climb Mount Everest from the North and South sides. And wow. she has some really harrowing stories to tell. And her whole business is built around her story in a way. So a lot of people um, uh, can do that, etc. So a lot of amazing people I've talked to. Um, so I encourage you to check, check out those the stories. Hell Yes Life podcast. We'll put a link to that as well. Well, Norman, thank you for joining me. It is a topic that uh, I don't I don't think there's a more important skill 
that we can ever have in business than the skill of communication. And I'd put storytelling underneath that. And um, you've you've said this to me uh, outside the podcast. You've said um, you not only have to work on the story, but you have to work on the teller as well of the story and develop those skills. So thank you for encouraging all of us to improve our stories. Um, I'll say this to all of you. I love you guys tuning in uh, to Demand Gen Radio as well as Demand Gen TV. If, by the way, you are listening to Norman and I and you are not seeing us, feel free to check out demandgen.tv. Uh, that is the fastest way to get to our YouTube channel where we've got these interviews there as well as other content around MarTech and sales tech, some show and tell stuff so that you can not only hear about the methods and technologies for driving growth, but also see the methods and technologies for driving growth. And I do love having people like Norman Authors uh, and Works out there. I highly encourage you guys, uh, if you haven't already, uh, go to normanjbell.com and connect with Norman there, or just go to LinkedIn and search for Norman Bell. Easy enough to find uh, and connect because whether you want to uh, leverage Norman, your ability to run a workshop uh, for a particular team or help some people individually, I think if this is an important skill that that you all feel that you haven't kind of taken to that level, then maybe seek out some uh, the book or some expertise uh, from Norman. So thank you for joining me. Appreciate it. Yes, thank you, David. And just a, a quick special offer for your um, listeners. Any anybody who wants a free paperback copy of the book, uh, you can email me at norman at normanjbell.com. That's norman at normanjbell.com. And just mention that you, um, you know, you heard me on David's podcast, and I will get a copy of the book off to you. Awesome. Thank you for doing that. I, sure. I've been encouraging you guys to take us up on these offers. And you know what? More <laughs> and more of you are, which is which is great. At, at first, I would be like, is nobody reading books anymore? And then I find the more I encourage you guys to realize, like, these, these are gifts to you guys. We appreciate you tuning in. Um, we've we've put our heart and soul into writing these books. Uh, people like Nora and myself will tell you, we don't do it for the money. There, there's not a lot of money <laughs> in being an author unless you get on the, the New York Times bestsellers list. So he and I are on the New York Times best giver list. Feel free to take them up <laughs> on that book. All right, you guys, that is going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. Thank you, Norman, for joining me. Thank all of you for tuning in. It's so great to see you guys. And, and I say that uh, because I feel your presence on the other end of the microphone, the other end of the camera, and love having you guys. Uh, we've got a lot of great episodes coming up for you guys on the programs. And if you have any suggestions for content that you would like to see me cover, you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll catch you guys on the next one. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.